0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. It's been a little bit, but we're back with you guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our last mock draft. You know, uh, we got a couple of video submissions from our uh, our, our top fans of them crying um at just the beauty of the picks that we were making last week so if you haven't seen that episode uh make sure you do that as well and hey while you're there uh leave us a rating and review in the Bomb of apple podcast that helps us out tremendously uh my name is austin and with me is my gracious co-host reese reese how are you doing
1: yeah i'm doing pretty good um you know definitely Really exciting building up to the draft here, Um, you know, and there's, you know, kind of like mini camp stuff going on too this week. So things are definitely moving along in the football season, which is always really hype. Um, I know that there was the news also that the uh, they're pushing back the schedule release a month. Mm -hmm. So the NFL is really kind of keeping everyone's attention span this summer that seems pretty clear that they're not really going to have an off month without news um so it's really it's really exciting to be at this point uh, in the in the season and you know it really seems like all is to play for um with for the bears in this draft i think that things are pretty wide open they can go a number of directions so Mm -hmm. just that unpredictability um has me really really itching to see what direction they go to be honest
0: yeah, mini camp started today. Um, so that's cool. We got to find out that uh, apparently during mini camp, uh, Larry Borum was taking snaps at left tackle and Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, which I personally like. Like, I like yeah, that.
1: I think we're both cool with that, honestly.
0: Yeah, because I think Tevin Jenkins, like, sure, Larry Borum might even be a step down from Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. But I think that the benefit, the, the, I think that. Tevin Jenkins is such a better right tackle than he's going to be a left tackle. So ultimately, I think it makes a stronger line and a more cohesive line.
1: Yeah, I don't really think that. Do you think I don't know if everyone always understands why we kind of believe um, why he's so much better at right tackle. But do you kind of want to go into the importance of kind of why it's important to let yeah. him play out at right tackle yeah so position he's so a lot of ne- experience that next
0: time uh you go to the bathroom and you take a shit try wiping <laughs> your ass with your left hand instead of your right hand and let me know how that i'm just kidding that's an old josh sitting uh reference because that that's i don't know if you remember but when he was i think he had to play uh, left guard or something and that was yeah. that was his explanation for it but um so pretty much with the offensive line not only is cohesion extremely important but also just you know, feeling comfortable and confident in the way you play. Like when you're playing on the right side and people are stunting moves to your left-hand side to get in or or trying to go yeah. around you on the right, uh, a lot of players prefer having their dominant hand uh, like kind of more outstretched out. So pretty much you're using your not... If he is right-handed, he's using his non-dominant hand to try to catch guys. And it also like you're going up when you're a left tackle, you're also going up against a lot more athletic guys. So you need a lot more reach. Uh tevin jenkins in the pre-draft process he has got kind of shorter arms um so he's he doesn't have that reach so when you're going against a guy like khalil Mack who has these massive long arms and you have little reach it's hard to get the good grip on it um i don't know if you want to add anything else there reese but
1: yeah i was just gonna say too that kind of inherently makes um you know everything easier you know if we're talking about right tackle then you know, assumingly on the right guard as well. I mean, the more people mm. along the offensive line that can hold down their position, um, ultimately the easier it makes it on, you know, all the other guys. It's a little bit kind of like a domino reaction, if you will. Um, as soon as something starts going wrong, it kind of compromises the integrity of the whole, the whole deal. That's why so much is made of the, the O line unit in general. So I think that it is important to at least early on in his career to let Tevin Jenkins play where he's comfortable. Cause I think that, um, not only is it going to elevate his play, but, you know, I think the rest of the offensive line.
0: And I think I don't know if Le- I know Larry Borm's mom is very, very big on Twitter <laughs> and maybe she listens yeah. to the podcast. So if you do send us an email, uh, we'd love to have you on the show for you to, you know, spew what you got to spew. But uh, I kind of feel like this might also be preparing for a potential move at left tackle. Um, in the draft because you kind of want if you know for sure tevin jenkins is your starter you might as well start getting him right tackle snaps now um in the pre-draft process um not that i don't think larry borum is good enough to play left tackle i actually think that that might be uh where he's best at he had a comp in the pre-draft process to a guy like charles leno jr so it kind of makes a lot of sense um he's not the most athletic guy but um He's He did a good job at, at, at right tackle, and even when he was filling in for a couple snaps at left tackle uh, last year, I, I, I thought he did a pretty decent job as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that he certainly can. I think he can be good enough if need be. Um, I think... You know they can go ahead, and I would still be very you know happy with them going and, and grabbing a left tackle, whether that be in the draft or something, going um, you know, a third wave of free agency, if you will. I'd certainly like to see more depth there, um, but also too, I think it's important to realize. I think we talked a lot earlier in the off season about you know, pulls once that pulls and even want to make the offensive line, you know, more athletic. They're not necessarily looking mm. for the big guys, but the ones that can, you know, maybe be more technical. Uh, but I think that that's not quite as important. I mean, you obviously want athletic tackles, but I think they really wanted guards that could, you know, potentially pull, you can, you know, do different offensive line maneuvers with them. So I think that bumping, you know, him out to the tackle position actually, maybe makes him a better scheme fit even. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see if that even holds true. I mean, that's just a bit of an assumption, maybe a coincidence at this point.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the bears also have some signings. I think we should get over, uh, get those over with. Uh, starting off with my favorite move of the bunch, cornerback uh, Tavon Young. He, he's been really good for the Ravens. He was actually released. I think he was released by the Ravens this past offseason. season. Um, kind of a, Bryce Callahan situation where he was like constantly getting injured um, but the play was never a question and he had his first full season of games last year and he played really well Uh, very physical can clean up on tackles Uh, my only critique with this move is now we have essentially four slot cornerbacks and one outside cornerback. So (laughs) I don't know why we have so many slot cornerbacks, but you know, maybe that's just the the mold. Uh, We're going to have like three slot positions apparently
1: (laughs) Yeah. on this defense. I mean, that position grouping of just like the slot, like nickel and dime corners is going to be the most exciting thing to watch in training because they're all going to feel like they're fighting for their job. Like, I don't know how many they plan on holding on the final roster, but Man, absolutely nuts. I mean, it makes you think that they're probably leaning with going with a perimeter corner in the draft. Yeah. Um, if they even get one. If they get one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know um exa- I know I talked about Tariq Castro fields, uh, DeSmond just because of his body size, but you know, I don't know if there's any like perfect perimeter corner for him in this draft that will be attainable. Um mm-hmm. especially like if you're looking not getting one in the second round and looking to get one later on, it's going to be a tough move to play. Uh, but certainly, they're extremely strong in the interior of the, of that secondary. I mean, it's <laughs> they've really built that up. Yeah, that's that's the best
0: depth position of this entire team. Um, you know, and it, Matt was noted as saying that that's the one of the most important positions on his defense. So he's certainly not going to let that up. But I think the situation here for Tevan Young is actually going to allow him to exceed. My dog's barking. Yep. Never buy a Belgian Malinois.
1: But it's not. Yeah. If you're anyone from Austin's leasing agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: it's actually a Chinook. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but actually the Belgian Malinois are great dogs, but they are very mouthy. And when you run a podcast, it's a little, it's, it's, it's difficult. All right, back to it. Um, I do think the situation here for Tavon Young is favorable as well, though, because we're kind of in a position where if he does get injured, we're going to have a decent backup. You can only imagine that Thomas Graham Jr. is going to be playing outside, even though uh, he's such an interesting player because he, like, he shows so much potential. But at the same time, like
1: is he an outside corner well you just hate to bank on him though i think that's the one thing is you'd hate to go into the season assuming that he could be your second corner and it just absolutely burning you but i do think he has a lot of upside i just i don't think anyone is really quite sure enough based on the small sample size that we had that you know he can fully you know do it especially at like a full capacity next season
0: i wonder if they move any of these guys into strong safety
1: maybe Graham. um why am i blanking on the the one that we signed from the we Titans? just
0: got yeah I, I can't remember his name either uh
1: but it, he he it wasn't was it to... dane
0: cruikshank or something like yeah that? cruikshank yeah. Yeah. yeah um do you think he's a full-time starter i mean i no. I, I guess no. for us he might be though
1: he might i don't think he's a full-time starter but i do think in like certain specialty packages like he could be you know in, in your dime package he could be a strong safety yeah. the but, tight end yeah.
0: eraser um we also a lot of people forget we also claimed Lamar Jackson DB uh Lamar Jackson that played at Nebraska who's like a 4th round yeah. pick and he's like 6-4. He's huge. I remember lo- watching that dude um I, like watching his film before. I think he came out like the 2020 draft. Um he was like a 4th round pick. I don't know why he got released, but I mean maybe there's some upside there
1: yeah i mean we'll see I'd, I'd be lying if i said that i really knew too much about them. um you know the name obviously rings a bell no nah, i mean that's a terrible joke but um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll yeah. see i mean that i think that they have plenty plenty of depth especially at that slot corner um and then jalen johnson who actually was one of the players i think that didn't show up to voluntary workouts is that correct
0: uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm making a big deal about it. No, no
1: not at all. I mean, I'm not right now, at least. But. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, okay, so the other guys that we signed uh, since our last podcast, James O'Shaughnessy, Naperville North product, tight end, uh, and Ryan Griffin, another tight end there. Uh, clearly trying to add to this tight end depth. Um, both these guys had 50, uh, O'Shaughnessy was with the Jaguars last year. Griffin was with the Jets last year. Both of them had over 50% snap share. Um, not super heavily productive, but I think give, they give us a lot more, uh, when it comes to blocking. Um, I think that Cole met and, and these guys I think should make for a decent room, but Honestly, I think we will draft a tight end this year. It's not a huge need, but getting like like how I had in my, my mock draft pre in last week's episode, uh Jelani Woods, like a big guy, yeah. developmental guy, I think that would make too much sense. And then next year you have, you know, a, a serviceable starter in Komet. You know, I'm not the biggest Comet fan, but when you look at the numbers, he's pretty he's he's put up yeah. numbers, especially in the passing game too, and he's a good he's a good enough blocker like he's kind of like he i think like his ceiling to me and we talked about this before um who is the vikings tight end that just kyle rudolph yeah kyle yeah. rudolph that's and if he is that i think that's completely fine i think that's yeah. more than serviceable and i think that's who he will become but he'll, he'll never give you that high high end you know he's never gonna be like uh uh yeah kelsey or even like a uh gasecki and miami like and that's not who he needs to be he just needs to be like an above average starter and i think that i think that's what he is right now honestly i he drops a lot of passes so he needs to figure that out but we we had more production from that tight end room than we've had in a very long time last year
1: yeah No, and I think with, you know, Komet, I think when you said Kyle Rudolph, what, a couple weeks back, I think that helped me see him in a little bit different perspective. I mean, he's not one of the elite receiving tight ends, but he's certainly more than serviceable for this Bears team right now. And, you know, gives you very solid production, consistent production, which was kind of just like Kyle Rudolph would just plug away. And when he got in his best grooves, he would just, you know, catch a touchdown every game, which Mm -hmm. has would be extremely helpful if he can really, if come can get to that point as well. Um, obviously, I mean, that's a little bit of hyperbole, not every game. That'd be a tremendous season for him. But, <laughs> you know, to seem like he's involved that much in the offense would be even better. I think that if they do draft a tight end, and I think maybe even so regardless that one of these two, uh, signings is going to get cut though. Um, yeah, especially if they plan on keeping the fullback that they have on the roster on the roster, yeah. Um, it's just not gonna make sense to have a fullback and then like <laughs> five well, tight ends. <laughs> well,
0: it could be Jesper Horstead that gets the boot. It could be these three Which, guys. It could be. You yeah. Know? Um it's kind of hard to piss say a lot right of people now.
1: off, you know, in a weird weird but not like terrible way. It, before Jesper Horstead does have some problems.
0: Jesper Horstead is the new Ryan Nall, maybe? actually he's done he's done infinitely more more. than ryan all ever did though yeah uh but before him it was uh who was that wide receiver from wyoming that came in with trubisky in 2017
1: oh do you know who i'm talking about yeah like smaller like slack
0: yeah what was his name i i can't remember his name honestly um but he like went to the bills or something afterwards, but he played with Josh Allen at Wyoming and then we got him as a UDFA and he he made some, he made some moves. But um, if you guys remember it, you can send us an email about it. Um, And then finally Colts (laughs) linebacker, Matt Adams. Now he was a draft pick and he played all four years with the Colts. Um, All pretty much always a backup though, but that's fine. Honestly, like we do need another linebacker. And I think he's going to fill in pretty well. Um, but w- we definitely are going to need even even more linebacker help. But it, it would be kind of, you know who I really like in the draft? And the draft is coming up, guys. So um, Brandon Smith from Penn State, I, yeah. I think he, I mean, he's an athletic freak, dude. Like, he's just a freak. And I think that he would be such a good, uh, have such a good role in this defense, especially with an experienced linebacker like Roquan Smith with him. Um him in the later rounds, like people are saying, he's going to go fourth, fifth round. If you can get him in that, I think that'd be a great pickup.
1: Um, but Penn State's kind of just linebacker you too. I mean, yeah, it's you know you can't. I mean, it's a little bit more in the past, but you know, going with a Penn State linebacker like a USC linebacker usually doesn't do uh, too wrong. Usually yeah. pans out pretty well in the league
0: for sure. By the way, I think I feel like this needs to be talked about. Uh, Obviously, I'm a huge USC homer, but USC not being ranked in the top 10 of ESPN's preseason top 10. Bad luck, ESPN. I mean, I get it. USC wasn't great last year, but you'd think that adding one of the best head coaches in college football, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and a bunch of really good transfers would at least put you in the conversation. We were ranked for a lot of last year. I think all of last year we were ranked.
1: I think that um, they should have at least been like that eight nine ten range. Yeah, I, I I think that higher than that would have been excessive. But you know when you look at how much uh, Texas's rating gets, that
0: was know, oh my god, bro! Up every You're year putting then, Texas you know? there.
1: Texas, really? That was like six or something like that. Yeah,
0: seriously, they had Auburn, which we just talked about. Is like when was the last time they were in the top ten? It was sooner than I remember, and. Honestly, this is where this is what's tripping me up. They have Oklahoma over USC.
1: And that's interesting. That's putting a lot of a lot of trust in Brett Venable's. And yeah. I think he
0: could be a good coach. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I, I like Venables, what he did with uh, Clemson was yeah, awesome. You know, that was awesome. I mean, Clemson's pumped out defensive products um they haven't honestly a lot of them haven't turned out in the nfl like uh the the guy that the raiders took uh, back in right when we started the podcast i remember this was back in our old podcast guys this was back when we were doing the truth football podcast which most of you guys will never know because i think we used to thankfully. we yeah thankfully because i think we used to get like nine listens an episode <laughs> or something like that um but it was like an all nfl podcast um but who the that linebacker that's with the Raiders now, they drafted him like fourth overall from Clemson. I or Edge Edge player, I can't remember his name.
1: Um Oh my goodness. You know who uh, I'm talking about? It's it's not uh He's got an
0: interesting name. Um
1: I think he might even be on uh, Shaq Clyland Lawson. Kylan Farrell. Right? Clyland Farrell Oh that's, Clyland Farrell. Yeah. Well Shaq Lawson was another one. Yeah, Wait, Shaq Lawson, but he was now, right? Uh he
0: was drafted by the Bills. I don't know where sure. he's at now. He might have moved teams, actually. I think he might be was. with the Jets now. A, a lot of Bills and Jets players just, like, flip. No, uh,
1: he's still with the Bills. Oh, he is? And think. he's only
0: been with the Bills, right?
1: Yeah. Although, I do see pictures of him in a Jets jersey.
0: <laughs> no, right. oh, okay. Then maybe he was drafted by the Jets or something. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, so so is that. And then also Pitt. Pittsburgh Panthers. Nine over USC. They took yeah. our. They took our our backup quarterback. Man, they took they took uh, Keaton Slovis, and now they're up. Uh, man, come on.
1: Uh, I don't know. I uh, Notre know. That, Dame. That, that's I don't. It's a know. whole messed up list. I don't
0: right? know. Notre Dame at five come on
1: that's uh, gonna get a lot of hate here I, in the I, chicagoland area but yeah i mean i i am very inclined to agree with you there so
0: yeah uh sorry guys i i know notre dame is the home team of chicago uh but man just i i can't agree with it um other thing i wanted to mention before we move on to more of the bears draft trail Burks burke seems to be really falling in the draft i don't know why i really don't get it i I think they expected his athleticism numbers to be better. But this, I mean, this just is like screaming to me, Debo Samuel situation where he felt like he wasn't in the first round, top of the second round. Like there's like questions about his athleticism, but like at the same time, it's like, oh my God, he's a great possession guy. Uh, He's a big dude.
1: It's a good case of like tape doesn't lie with him. I, I think that yeah. Traylon Burks will be very good. And it's like, especially in the SEC, you know, when he's good against good competition, you're just kind of trying to tell yourself why he might not work out. And I think that really honing in on his, you know, measurables or, you know, 40 times, stuff like that, I think it's really missing out. So that would be fortunate. I mean, or AJ Brown, he slipped out of the first round too, and yeah. look how he turned out. Tremendous. I mean, both of those. And, I mean, I don't really... Not that DK Metcalf fell short on the measurables, but, you know, his whole slide, too. So, yeah. I don't th- know. There's a good bit in recent years. I mean, there are receivers that do slide to the second round, and, you know, luckily, you know, for the Bears at 39 there, I mean, they're in that range where they could go ahead and take a shot at someone if, you know, they feel like it's just... Yeah,
0: they and honestly that's I mean I guess we'll, we'll start talking about the Bears now I just feel like he'd be such a great fit we're running a Shanahan inspired scheme with someone that's similar to Debo Samuel sign me up man like sign me up he's such a good possession guy big dude I mean here's my one critique on him is you would think he'd be better at the point of attack given his size than he is You know, like there's certain guys where like, for instance, Darnell Mooney, I think Darnell Mooney is a better like, like good at at, at jumping up and getting the ball out of the air compared to like some of the other guys, given his stature, you know, Traylon Burks, I I would say that he is good at it, but a lot of it is only because of his body weight and I, I, you'd expect him to be better.
1: Yeah. And I get that. I think that as far as things that are, can be coached in though, you know, um, obviously that kind of like instinct to be a more physical player, it won't quite be there, but I think that, you know, with what he has and what he's working with, as far as an athlete, I think that that can certainly be, you know, bred into him a little bit more, but I think that, Yeah, maybe on the physicality side as far as I know this is going to be an offense that really emphasizes receivers um, blocking and being extremely physical at that point of attack. So we'll see. I'm curious to see how that bear where that he would fall on the Bears big board as far Mm -hmm. as wide receivers go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that would be extremely enticing with, you know, really either one of those second round picks if he was available.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. all right. So let's get into the bulk of the show now, guys. One of the we did our mock draft last week. There will be another mock draft coming up before the draft next week. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a ton of coverage come draft time. Uh, but really, the main question we want to get to is what should the Bears do at 39? Um, we have some high end picks like we we have some pretty good picks, obviously, 39 uh is is seven picks out of the first round and we also have a second seven round pick that would allow us if we wanted to to easily trade into the first round um it might not even take that i'm sure we'd get something else in return like i wonder if we could trade up in the first and then get a third in return or something like that um it could also make some situations where we trade down do you want the bears to trade up with those picks or how do you how do you want them to handle these picks because Really, I think what they do with these two picks is going to kind of define our draft. You know, yeah. like it's going to tell us, are we being passive? Are we being more aggressive? What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I almost feel like each of those picks are just like in too good of a spot to, um, unless they feel like they really have like their home run pick that's available, you know, let's say, anyway, from the mid first round, you know, there on and want to package those picks, then. You know, they can go ahead and make that move because that's always going to be if you have your guy and there's something available, then go ahead and make it. But I think that each one of those second round picks are too valuable as far as just like where they are in the draft order where they can really scoop up to um, very high quality players, at least for this draft. Um, and I think that whether that be wide receiver, offensive line, and I think I can make an exception for some of the corners um, in this draft, and, you know, if they do, if they are feeling like Ojabo, you know, at that second or third round, Ooh. the second-second or the third-round pick, then, you know, be my guest. I think that would be a really good pickup, that but that would probably be the only edge. That would probably be the only edge that would really make an exception for there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that they just have so much that they can do with each of those second round picks that I I feel like it'd be a little bit of a mistake to, to move them in either way. Um, I do think they can go ahead and and move down if they want to trade back in the third round or want to get more creative with that pick. I'd feel a little bit better about that, but I, I think I would like them to hang on to the two second rounds.
0: Yeah. I think, honestly, I would be pro trading up to like the very top of the second round. So even if it's just a couple of picks, because I, I think that the top of the second round, there's a lot of first first round qual- like graded players in my book uh, that I think yeah. will fall out. So if you need to go up there with the Jags or the Jets or something like that and go get your guy, go for it. Pe- Bears fans always have this really weird. They always criticize Pace by not taking enough picks in the draft, where I would argue that the draft was honestly Pace's like bread and butter. That's where he did the best in. Um, maybe not the first rounds, but still. Like I don't. At the end of the day, football is a players' game. You don't win games with picks. You win games with players. And like you want to look at a perfect example of this. Aaron Donald was picked one pick ahead of Kyle Fuller. And if we would have traded a future first round pick to go up one spot to grab him, people would probably look at us like we were crazy. But in hindsight, the quality of player between pick to pick can be incredibly different it could be incredibly different. So if you have a guy that you feel very confident in and I'm not trying to be Chris Collinsworth here, but if you have a guy that you you Man, he you, was a guy. you you feel you feel very confident in and he's only a couple picks away, make the move. Don't don't let him try like don't risk him not sli- like slipping to you. Um, that's that's my view on it on, at least. That's
1: Uh, a Trubisky logic right there, you know. Yeah, man, and it didn't. It's not going to work out. Three when we can get him at two,
0: (laughs) it's not going to work out every time. Obviously, like Trubisky is like the example, but um, there are times like the Rams literally leapfrogged us for Aaron Donald. The Bears were rumored to be really interested in Aaron Donald that year, and we get Kyle Fuller instead, and that sucks, man. That is that sucks. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. So. That's yeah. definitely what I was alluding to a bit there, and I think that, you know, be as it may with the rest of the draft, to think that each one of those picks can be moved around and shuffled a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I do have uh, agree with you in that point where you know if they absolutely if it's you know right in the crosshairs, but they're unsure um, whether or not a team's going to try to leapfrog them, then you know I don't have a huge issue with them making that move. And I think if they do package each one of those second round picks to move up towards the top of the second. Um, it's very very likely they could get at least like a, a fourth, if not maybe like a third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably a fourth, like back to, to make that move.
0: So. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's, that's the other thing that I, that I mentioned though, is like, if you trade up with that pick, I also think that second pick, it would be perfect if you trade down. I I'm all for with that second pick after getting your first high quality player, trading down and and trying to get another third round try to get a third round pick or a fourth round pick um yeah i think that just makes too much sense personally like you really get to it's it's a good in between between being aggressive and getting your players but also getting more picks and also there's a some people are saying Brees hall is going to be in the third round i mean i i know i know yeah. we don't need a running back but like
1: I, yeah yeah I know anyone that has a Bears mock draft with a, a running back on it has been getting some flack, but uh, you know sometimes you have to make the exception. Brees Hall is very good. I mean, I, I do you like I, him over Kenneth Walker? I, oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I, that,
0: that's what I'm saying, dude. I've been seeing so many people online saying that Kenneth Walker is better than Brees Hall, and I'm like, you gotta be out of your goddamn mind. If if Brees Hall did what he did at Iowa State with a team like USC, LSU, or like a a big major program, he'd be a first round pick. He'd be he would be in the top 10, top 15 picks. His production is just unbelievable. And that's why I, think, I, I get shades of like Jonathan Taylor from him. Is like yeah. he did Jonathan Taylor did a lot at Wisconsin. But because he was playing at Wisconsin, no one really cared.
1: Well I mean, I guess since I still am out in the area that like I still hear more of that Big Ten. But yeah, maybe not quite as like the national uh, media draw. But I think with Kenneth Walker, I think that his his absolute best case scenario would be that he turns into a running back like Leonard Fournette. You know, he's able to develop those pass Mm. catching skills better um, just because right now it's just not where it needs to be at. As an all around running back, I think Brees Hall's got him got him beat by a margin, in my opinion.
0: I think like RB one is Brees Hall and then everyone else is so far below him. Like Brees Hall, I would I probably I wouldn't if I needed a running back and I'm sitting at the end of the first round, like the Chiefs who have two first round picks, I I mean I know they, they got Clyde Edwards hilaire, which really screwed them over. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I think that I would consider picking him in the first round if I were a team. So, if he does slip to the third round,
1: I mean, be my guest, Bears. Yeah, we'll just have to see. I mean, that, that third-round pick is going to be interesting because I think with the two first-rounders, it's pretty likely that it's a pretty predictable position. I could be proven wrong. Um, but that third rounder is kind of open, you know, I feel like it could be anyone and that's definitely a, a big, a, a, in the third round, it's still very much a best player available, uh, situation for, I think most teams.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um,
0: what positions of need are you really trying to focus on in the draft?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, I, the obvious ones that don't really need, to be talked about too much our offensive line wide receiver i think that that's just too easy um and i think that you know another pretty obvious one is uh is corner um but i think that there's some some somewhat sneaky ones out there like i could certainly see it wouldn't be too surprised if the bears end up drafting safety um, i think defensive tackle is also one that's pretty apparent um Yeah, man, it just feels like we're rattling off all the positions, but linebacker certainly as well is very much in play. Um, So I think that, you know, while we were just talking about Brees Hall, running back is very much way down on the list, uh, probably down there with quarterback. Um, And, you know, maybe you put tight end above those other two. I don't think it's an immediate need. I think it'd be something that'd be great um you know someone if it was just kind of regardless of pick a tight end that i really like as far as value in the draft is uh isaiah likely from coastal carolina Uh, i think he'll develop to be a really good tight end in the nfl um but yeah i I think that there's certainly the obvious ones that jump out of you the corner um offensive lineman wide receiver i think defensive tackle is, is pretty pressing um as well, as well as linebacker. So really mm-hmm. securing that interior of the defense is going to be, uh, I think, you know, huge and, you know, at least picking up a couple players in that realm, um, should really help elevate it to, yeah. to be where it needs to be, at least for this first season in Ebro flooses, uh, defensive scheme. For sure.
0: We also need a punter. Like I
1: know we got yeah. Ryan,
0: whatever his name is, uh, Will Willis, Ryan, Ryan something. Um, but he, I don't know how good he is. And, uh, you know pat uh, o'donnell who was with us forever it felt like he went and signed with the packers he's their starting punter now um you <laughs> yeah, know that's hilarious may, maybe look to get punt god matt areza uh, i think that's how you say his name but yep. uh, that, that, man is, Aria, that, that man is that man's just a beast That man, like you might need a second punter just for more like accurate situations but i saw so many highlights of this dude just being at his goal line and just punting it to like eighty yards, ninety yards, like he he is he he's insane. Why don't
1: um, we just get that guy that uh, posts on YouTube? <laughs> oh,
0: destroying or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Uh, I'm sure all the destroying fans will now like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good good point, man. Oh, anyways, so uh, going forward, um, a lot of people on Twitter. I mean, we're going to take a break from the draft convo. We'll get back to it at, towards the end of the show. But a lot of people, Justin Fields' situation, uh, there's nothing wrong with it.
1: There's a lot of there, opinions out there, there man.
0: There, there's it, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just there's yeah. a bunch of random people making something about it. Like, people are saying there's two ends of the aisle. Some people in the national media are saying he should demand a trade as if, like, he's – like. As if he's like one, like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And then there's other people like the Bears don't have trust in Justin Fields. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. And I guess maybe it's just that it's so easy with Chicago because the narrative about that we can't develop quarterbacks. And, you know, there's not really anything untrue about that um but man it's really making a story and like you said it's kind of clear that it's it's BS when you have you know the one party that's like okay this man is good enough and deserves to hold the power to request a trade and move on to another team after one season and then yeah the whole uh you know Ibraflus just doesn't know how he fits into the yeah. into the offense you know like just what
0: that, what are you I, even talking about
1: yeah I, I'm sure that it was a a point of emphasis in the coaching interviews to make it work with Justin Fields, because you just don't want to be in that situation where I mean, and unfortunately a lot of quarterbacks are put through it in the NFL. And, you know, you hate to see it happen with Justin Fields already, where he has two different coaches in two different years, but you really hate to see quarterbacks get stuck in that rut of, you know, different coordinators, different coaches all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'd think that one of the main points during this whole and cycle would be getting that cast that wants to, build around him and maintain consistency.
0: Don't you think that if the Bears didn't trust in Justin Fields, they may have made some moves at quarterback this offseason?
1: Some pretty hot market. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Know? just just some common sense. I mean, there Deshaun Watson was traded. Uh, uh Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson was traded.
1: Who can uh, forget Carson Wentz? Carson
0: Wentz <laughs> was traded. Uh, Baker Mayfield's on the trade block and the Bears have done nothing and it's because they feel confident in Justin Fields because Justin Fields outside of just being a good quarterback prospect he's the best quarterback prospect the Bears have had period period like wh- where was when was the last time the Bears have had any quarterback ev- with even remotely the same talent as Fields never There's always a glaring issue. Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah. With Jay Cutler, I guess you were like, okay, the talent's there, but like, can he like, can he stop throwing it into like when there's four defenders around uh, Brandon Marshall all the time, or like, like, why, you know? But
1: man crazy four four pick games were not that unheard of for jay cutler but you know still the the record holder still you know very much one of the best quarterbacks to ever play for the bears statistically the best quarterback to ever play for the bears um but yeah trubisky holds some records though i mean we can't forget Trubisky passer rating right
0: yeah and trubisky had six uh six touchdowns which is like tied with second most uh, in the NFL that's, and that's who, right who has the most who has the most who has the most yeah there's a tie I, I actually don't know who the other player is but I don't
1: know who is
0: who has seven in one game
1: seven passing touchdowns yeah is a big Ben?
0: nope he's already on the Bears roster bro it's Nick Foles.
1: Oh dang. Nick That's Foles has seven
0: Yeah, isn't that crazy? And he's <laughs> won a Super Bowl. Super Bowl winner and most passing touchdowns in a game. Um kind of funny, but I don't know, man. It's just why why make a big deal about the Justin Fields situation when the Bears clearly feel good about him. I think it's just the regime change that people are like, "Oh, this could be this could be it for Justin Fields." It's like, dude, the, I'm sure the Chiefs had a pretty high grade on Justin Fields last year. I'm sure the the Colts, who are like another team looking for a quarterback, I'm sure they watched a lot of Justin Fields. Maybe maybe not Eberflus in particular, but I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I think a lot of the yeah. people that doubt Justin Fields never actually saw him play and like look mostly at the stats because the stats aren't super appealing. Obviously, I no, mean, nah,
1: the stats. Yeah, frankly, yeah, if you look at the stats, it's not a. It's a pretty, not a bad, uh, it's it a is pretty bad. bad picture. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: bad. It doesn't look good. Yeah. But when you actually saw his growth and like how he was playing in his like last four games, like it it was just different. And so, yeah. you know, I understand and, people,
1: but. So. Yeah, I and mean, he was taking a lot of sacks, uh, which wasn't helping helping situation, um, you know, some of the picks, especially earlier on his first couple of games, weren't necessarily completely on him, you know, tip balls, deals like that. So mm. I, it, I think that certainly for this coming season, Justin Fields is going to want to get into the end zone more, um, both on the ground and through the air. Uh, but I think it's going to this offense is going to be I mean, first off, with kind of the tight end signs they've made, it seems like they're probably going to be in a decent amount of two tight end formations. Um, but this is not going to be a Bears team. I think we're going to have to, you know, complain about them having to run the ball too often. I mean, I think this is squaring up like a team that's going to be um, fairly run heavy, um, which will make you know Montgomery and and Clule- Herbert Hall. very happy. Um, but yeah, and I think that and play action is going to be a huge part of the offense.
0: You didn't even hear what I said. You go. Did you say breeze. Yeah, Hall. I said breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Our running backs, uh, and then we we do have Kari Blazin game
1: um who you know, yes indeed got him Some and then tennessee also and Darrington evans man or blazing game is he from tennessee i know yeah evans dude he, yeah he is and so is uh oh, cruxshank dane
0: cruxshank yeah dane Cruikshank. all these titans man i get it too because it's like a successful defensive led team um all right so moving on something that i want to kind of talk about getting back to the draft um trades so we're gonna get into bears players that could potentially get traded on draft night but something that popped up uh i forget who who mentioned this but um I, uh, a reliable source was saying essentially they believe that at least one of debo samuel aj brown or dk Metcalf will get traded before the draft um, and really now, I mean, you, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the Debo Samuel situation. He's like scrubbed the 49ers from his Instagram. His brother was on Facebook today saying that he's, that Debo is going to demand a trade. Um, and AJ Brown's all on Twitter mad. Cause apparently, I mean, he wants a new contract extension and apparently they're saying that he's like a bad teammate now and not all that. Um. Any situation where you think, I, I think DK is the least likely because he's got like, he he's willing to play on his current contract. So really, it would just be like, how much do the Seahawks really want to sell into this rebuild? And honestly, if you have a 24-year-old player like DK Metcalf that's playing as well as he is, I don't think it makes sense to get rid of him. It'd be like the Bears trading Roquan Smith right now, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I think the other two really have a shot but do you think the bears will be in play for any of these guys and whether or not you do, what would you, what would you trade for them? What would you be willing yeah. to give
1: up? Well, I think I'd like for them to be in the mixer for AJ Brown, just because I think that mm-hmm. AJ Brown, um, Justin Fields, you know, combo would be sick. Um, and if they were a more complete team, I would like the idea of bringing in Debo more um, and not that Debo isn't effective in both the pass and the run, but I just, I don't know. It just seems like with the Bears with so many pieces to fill, I want something that's almost still a little more typical. I don't mm. need something that's a little bit more, you know, experimental of a Debo player. Debo puts if you up will.
0: numbers, though, man. Like that's he... what
1: I'm saying. No, no, no. i not even mean it like that. Like, he was, what, second in the league in receiving and then also put up, like, an insane of amount touchdowns, of yards yeah. on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, too. Yards after couch.
1: Yeah. And I love Debo. It's just, I think that as far as being able to. He's niche. He's a very niche yeah. player. Yeah. Right. And obviously like he's extremely good enough at that niche to have extremely high production and be very usable. Um, But I think that just to have AJ Brown around would just be something that would maybe help, you know, build up Justin Fields faster than maybe Debo would be a a bigger help to the offense as a whole. I don't know. I just lean to more AJ Brown. Um, But as far as what I'd be willing to give up for someone like AJ Brown, like, I don't know. For a team like the Titans, you know, I'm certainly willing to give away, you know, Robert Quinn for sure. And then that would make uh, a lot of
0: sense for them. I think.
1: Yeah, and then at that point, you know, what else do they want on top of that? They're obviously going to want more. Um, it'll be difficult if it's like if they want Robert Quinn in like a third. It's going to be tough to part ways with that third. But man, to br- to bring in a co- player of the quality of AJ Brown would be, you know would be awesome I, I i think that you make would that you, happen would you,
0: you straight up give up 39 for either of those two
1: players straight up give up 39 yeah
0: 39 i would i would do it for both I, personally
1: yeah I, I think that's fair I, I think most definitely for aj brown and i think for debo i'd have a think about it but i i think when you kind of weigh out what that 39th pick can be worth I think both those players are already over that you know value and do you think I can't
0: I could see Debo getting a first round somewhere truthfully because
1: like if you have a I could ski, see A.J. Brown too although yeah. just because he's a little bit this past year what, yeah. he was banged up a little bit so that takes away
0: the hard thing with A.J. Brown is like he is a slot guy primarily like he plays on the outside but like he is for the most part a slot guy so that kind of brings down his value a little bit. Do you think do you think 39 would be enough to get it done? And I don't I don't think it'd be enough know. for Samuel. It might be enough for Brown though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Would you trade
0: both both seconds for either player?
1: That's a little tougher. I think I could easily part ways with, you know, one of them, but both of them if both of them, if if my mock draft simulators are telling me anything, and then there's the chance of getting, you know, Pickens and Christian Watson with those picks, maybe I pass them. Yeah. But I think for one of the second rounders, that's that's a pretty easy move to make.
0: I would uh, I would consider Ah man, really like AJ Brown, I love AJ Brown. I think he's a great player, but I think realistically we can get a player that's as good as AJ Brown in the draft. Debo Samuel is interesting though, because he is like I think he was second behind Cooper Cup in production, wasn't he? Yeah. He put up like sixteen hundred yards or some something There's, crazy like that.
1: In some years, Debo Samuels would have very well walked away with most know, the receiving, most you know, years. most receiving yards, and could probably even win MVP too. When, yeah, as crazy as it sounds, I, I think he probably should have gotten more attention as MVP. Honestly, he yeah. was a huge part of that him offense. and
0: Jonathan Taylor too, I think should have. Yeah. Um, good point. But oh man. Debo Samuels, it, if the bears had an offensive head coach, I'd be willing to give up more, but because we have that potential for uncertainty in the future of who's going to be our OC, that's what kind of scares me. Cause Debo yeah. is a very scheme dependent player. He's not an AJ Brown or DK Metcalf where they're plug and play guys, you know. Yeah. They they really are. Like you can put them in essentially any scheme and they're going to be productive. Debo, you have to be a lot more careful about. We do have a Shanahan scheme right now though, so he'd probably fit well in it, especially with like all the hand like looking at the Packers' offense last year, like the screen passes, um, that you know the the
1: handoffs
0: everything like that
1: and with the type of tight ends that we have too honestly to be able to go out there and to be a part of a block uh especially on a screen like that you know yeah especially in like kind of a slip screen scenario if you have debo in the backfield um and then throw them out into the flat real quick you have the the personnel to make it happen um i mean if it's not just picks though it kind of goes a little bit to like you know the topic that we had raised up it's like if it's not just picks and they want players, I mean, who are you who are you willing to to deal out to potentially make one of those moves happen? You know, if they're willing to talk, you know, player.
0: I would love if there was a scenario where we could get one of these younger players for Robert Quinn. Realistically, yeah. though, I don't know if that's gonna happen. Cause yeah. I we'd have to deal Robert Quinn and a pick for some of these guys, and at that point, it almost just makes sense to just steal the pick instead because I think Robert Quinn truthfully is a good culture guy. And that's what I'm going to get really afraid about when we're talking about trading players is like, who is the good culture guys? And a lot of the good culture guys also happen to be the good like trade pieces we have. So for instance, Robert Quinn had, one of the best seasons in his career on a terrible Bears team. Yeah. With no hope. With no hope. There's not a lot of guys. Like, I don't know, even me personally, like, if I was a really good player, like, how much... You have to really give your whole heart to have one of your best seasons on a team that had, for most of the season, essentially no chance at making the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I think there might be... The obvious ones like Robert Quinn, right? Any of these players on like contract year, um, you know, but some of the non-suspecting ones maybe is like, you know, how does, you know, Ryan Poles, how does this coaching staff, how do they feel about like Bojack, you know, Eddie mm-hmm. Jackson, is Eddie Jackson someone that could be traded? Does he fit Eberflus' defense completely? Like, I don't I know. I could see him.
0: I think if he was going to be traded, he would have went to like the Chargers, truthfully, because of Brandon Staley. Already brand yeah and he he would have been gone already because that he probably would have been in part with the mac trade you know yeah so i don't know because honestly jackson's contract isn't looking that great but jackson is getting older we drafted it he was 25 when we drafted him he's almost 30 now
1: yeah maybe no team would even take that contract honestly
0: yeah because it's 15 million a year yeah um
1: I mean Jalen Johnson's obviously off limits, I think. You can't train
0: any you can't trade any of the young players. You can't.
1: I mean it's like anyone that's below twenty six and has value is definitely staying
0: on. Like the the big piece, any team that calls us that they're gonna be looking for Roquan Smith.
1: Yeah. And And I'm not really willing to deal with (laughs) them. I would
0: yeah, no. I'm not and I would need like multiple first rounders for him. I would need like which two firsts and giving back probably a second. Too
1: much, but he's he's worth it in our minds. But that probably is realistically yeah. too much. But
0: but he also is such a good culture guy. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Like he genuinely cares, and that's why I get afraid. Like we talked about David Montgomery potentially, and like he could probably fetch. I would imagine at least a third round pick. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. I think probably a third, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's so fair. especially given the running back class this year, that's not that great. Like, if you're a team that needs a running back, um, like David Montgomery seems to be, like, a guy that you'd potentially try to target and trade. But he, again, another, like, A-plus character guy. Like, literally was, like, the leader on the offense this past year. So, yeah, I don't know how that would sit with the team if you trade that guy. Whereas, getting... I, I think what... I think we'll find out in the future. A lot of what Ryan Poles did was get rid of a lot of players that kind of gave up on the team last year. Cause there were, there were a lot of reports that some of the veteran players that were on this team were kind of giving up. And there was a clear split in the locker room that certain players were giving it their all. And they were getting pissed off by the players that weren't giving it their all. And you know, when you see a guy like Alan Robinson, Obviously, hit free agency, and also he didn't even have that great of a free agency like suitors, and like,
1: like let's be honest, he wasn't really signed on that terrible of a deal, especially with no. kind of where the wide receiver market, yeah, is going, exactly. So,
0: and I, I would even argue that Allen Robinson is is potentially better than Christian Kirk, but he got way less because there's that huge question mark with like the effort situation.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Akeem Hicks. That relationship had soured with the team anyway. Um, but you know, didn't make still not a, picked up. Yeah, still not picked up. Danny Treveson,
0: um, still not picked up. Alec Ogletree still not picked up. I mean, which it, is
1: a little bit crazy because I thought Alec Ogletree was pretty effective. That, yeah, those other two guys. It's kind of telling as far as where their career is at. But I think Alec Ogletree might still have a little bit more to give. But
0: yeah, and, and I think that. Akeem Hicks is like a leader in the bear on the was a leader last year and in the past has been a leader, especially in like 2018. But from my understanding, his relationship with the defensive line coach soured like he, like they were not getting along at the end of it. And 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 Akeem Hicks, from my understanding, from from my friends that I've talked to that actually know stuff about the NFL, which is not me. Not me, but some of my friends <laughs> I talked to, they told me that he hated Matt Nagy. Absolutely couldn't stand him.
1: Yeah. I think that's pretty telling. He didn't even make the final flight out to Minnesota. So Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah. Okay. What What is winning the draft for you? Because I think on the fly right here, I thought of a, a pretty simple answer to this as far as what I would consider a win for this year's draft for the bears um but i'm curious as to the way that you look at it
0: i want to get two high quality wide receivers if you walk away with this draft and you get george pickens and christian watson that's a win or you walk away with this draft with a high-end wide receiver plus an offensive tackle that's a win
1: yeah. I, I think that for me, it's a little bit different. I like the two number. I thought you might even say the same thing as me as you, as you started going, I want two position groups, not like insane, but like secured, you know, and mm-hmm. it can be honestly any two. Cause I think that's pretty, you know, rational. I think it, it's fair to expect. to be available and when you think about maybe wide receiver will be a little bit tough i really want them to add to the wide receiver room but you know if we walk away from this draft and we have you know a more secure offensive line and the cornerback position is secure or you know offensive line defensive tackle we have our you know defensive line is is built out and secure i think that to go ahead and fulfill that with two position groups if they go ahead and make that three or if we you know, secure the offensive line and wide receiver. That's, that's perfect. That's unbelievable. I think that, you know, given what we currently have to be reasonable, I think if they can n- nail down two position groupings, get them in a really solid place going into the season, meaning that, you know, the starters are pretty clear cup, but there's also depth there that's available to be work with. That would mean, you know, for getting, securing the cornerback room, that means that we're getting a viable second corner, um, Yeah, I I think that if they're able to do that, then the Bears are going to be in a lot better of a place and at least gives them a chance. And then, you know, the UDFA realm and also just the rest of the free agents that are out there um, picking up cuts from other teams, I think it gives them a chance to build a a formidable roster if they can go ahead and kind of check two boxes off uh, in this draft.
0: I want to see multiple picks allocated to both wide receiver and offensive line. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm I not going to feel good if we get one wide receiver or one offensive I'd feel lineman. terrible with that. Yeah. You need to really, like, if this entire draft was all offensive linemen and wide receivers, I'd be okay with that, truthfully. Yeah. Like, yeah, even if they're depth guys. Even if they're depth guys. Here's the interesting thing with corner in this draft. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at this board and I'm saying the guys that are available past the end of round two are trash. Like I'm right. like with Which the exception, the tough part. with the exception, maybe Tariq uh, Castro fields or and Kobe White, there too. Kobe White with it, Cincinnati. Like exactly. Yeah. It's like maybe those two guys slip into round three past round three. This has got to be one of the most top heavy corner classes that I've seen in recent memory,
1: which hurts because that means that if we are, you know, fulfilling that second corner, that means that in that second round, you, you need know, to take taking, one. We're we're taking a pick that's not going to be a wide receiver or an offensive. And line, I don't like that. Which is which is tough.
0: I. That's so. why I'm almost in the perspective of like. I. I mean, I've run probably at this point like hundreds of simulations on this draft and like that's just unhealthy oh i i know i know but <laughs> i i know but truthfully like i can't see a situation and that's how i really learn a lot about the draft is i spend my time i work with the simulators i do it since like middle of last season and i just keep working on it and i keep trying to understand who's available and whatever but at this point i'm sure i've reached at least clearly almost 100 i i would say simulations yeah. of the draft and every single time in the from on day three picks, there's no there's no one good available. I mean, yep. maybe like Josh Joby from from Alabama, who was like a highly ranked high school prospect, but like, you know,
1: and who's the corner that's opposite of uh, Kobe? Oh, you're White talking about so. Sauce Gardner? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's good, but he's going in the first round. Yep. Maybe if <laughs> one of those like Kyir <laughs> Alam, who I'm a huge fan of is like kind of predicted to slip to the second round but like i don't know uh, man to he's me got,
1: he's not the best tackler
0: but even so like for me like i love Kyra Alam, and I, I like in any other year i would pick him at that top pick but we need wide receiver and offensive line so badly that it would almost feel like an injustice to not pick them yeah pick in which those is top tough picks.
1: because you always want to pick best player available i feel like we say it every year but ah man yeah it's tough it's tough like i mean what my mock draft i had christian watson at 39 which was an over over picking him but
0: some dude some people think like he's going top of that second round and i don't know like with christian watson man like he's one of those players where if he turns out to be really good It would not surprise me, but if he turned out to be just complete trash, it would also not surprise me. He's
1: the Trey Lance like of this year's like wide receiver. Yeah. That's a
0: good, that's yeah. yeah, Same school too. That's a good point.
1: The boomer bust is just unreal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's a, that's a great point. And like I, for me, I care a lot about level of competition, especially when it comes to wide receiver that's why I look at George Pickens playing at Georgia, and I'm like, okay, he's got it. Like he's go-
1: Especially when he's making the kind of catches that he is. Too. Yeah,
0: and he's going to... he uh, 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 George Pickens, I view as a first-round pick. I think he's going to slip into the second, but I think he's a first-round talent. And I'm almost upset because I remember a couple months ago, before all this, like when the actual college season was going on, he was projected second, third round. And me and you were like, this is this is off. And of course, yeah. everyone like recorrects. And a, a player that reminds me of that for me was Jair Alexander. I was a huge Jair Alexander fan in 2018, and yeah. he was projected like fourth round when right. when it's the like, season how ended. Lose,
1: how do you lose this guy in the shuffle? You know? Yeah, <laughs>
0: and he went first round pick. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. And and I would also love though, honestly, with that second second round pick, David Ojabo, man. If you replace Khalil Mack with a guy like Ojabo, obviously you're not going to get him that first year. He just tore his Achilles, but he has everything you want out of an edge rusher.
1: Yeah. He, Even higher potential than uh Aiden Hutchinson, honestly.
0: Yeah. So. For sure. And Hutchinson is a great player, but to me at least, you know what you're going to get out of him. I I mean, if we're I mean, now we're just talking draft talk, but like yeah, you can. Crack. You're the Michigan fan here, Reese, but I think Kayvon Thibodeau should be, should go over Hutchinson.
1: Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I would say though that like as far as we're taking like Ojabo to Aiden Hutchinson, I think that Aiden Hutchinson could easily make it to the mark of like you know twelve or thirteen sacks every year. Um, but I do think that Ojabo could be the one that hits twenty. You know, yeah. And I don't think like that Hutchinson elite, has that ability. Like that
0: Khalil Mack level.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Whereas maybe Hutchinson is like Joey Bosa. Yeah. Could I could see Hutchinson being a Joey Bosa in the NFL.
1: Yeah. He's got some of the same qualities. Not the same build, but some of the same qualities for sure. Yeah. And Joey Bosa was just such an obvious pick, too. Just like Aiden Hutchinson was. Yeah. You and know, Joey you're Bosa could have easily gone number 1 that year and he went 3. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hopefully the Bears get some good players cuz we need them desperately <laughs> simply and put. I'm more so interested to see like the type of player that Ryan Poles is going to go after. Because yep. to me, Ryan Pace when he first became a GM, which he was I mean, Ryan Poles is one of the youngest GMs in the NFL, obviously at 36. I think Ryan Pace was 37 when we hired him, something like that. Um, But I hope Poles doesn't fall in the same trap that Pace did, which was drafting players only because of their measurables. Like Kevin White, clearly a measurables guy. Um, Trubisky was like a projection guy. Uh, Same with Leonard Floyd. He was a projection guy, yeah. but
1: I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that this is a different, I, I think that Poles could obviously make, um, you know, polls could obviously make mistakes of his own, but I don't think he's going to follow the footsteps of, of Ryan pace. You know, I, I think they really are two completely different GMs. And I don't think that means that, you know, polls is going to be, you know, the best GM that this franchise has ever seen. Um, but I, I don't think that it's going to be necessarily rinse and repeat of the, the same old mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, man, the draft is a week away. Tell me this pick 39. Who are you taking right off the bat,
1: right off the bat? I mean, I'll still stick with, you know, what I said in the first mock draft and I'll I'll, I'll shift things up, you know, in the next mock draft. But I think Christian Watson is a strong, pick even if
0: pick. George Pickens and Traylon Burke are there.
1: Pickens, yes. I'll I'll take Christian Watson just on the fact that he may be there a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. that's real tough. That's a real tough call. Traylon Burks, I'm taking. Traylon Burks. Easily.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. If Traylon Burks is available, go for him. A couple other guys, Kenyon Green, huge fan of him. Can't believe he's going to potentially make it out of the first round. Mississippi State, their offensive line, their, their offensive line coach just went to USC. He is a stud at producing high quality offensive line talent Kenyon green, I think is that type of guy we need a guard right now too. So I, I would go ahead and grab him. Um, another guy, not at the top pick, but the second pick I would, I would really consider Nicholas petit um uh, yeah. from Ohio state. I think he is going to be at least an average left tackle in the NFL. Uh, he he's kind of like a, a Cole Komet though, where I think he has that defined ceiling and that's why he slips. But I do think he also has a defined floor. And I think that is being a, you know, good left tackle at the NFL. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a decent amount of like offensive line throughout the whole draft. I do think that, I don't know if the depth is going to end up being quite as good as people expect it to be. Um, But, I mean, honestly, right there at the top, you know, Evan Neal um, is going to be a fantastic player at the next level. I don't
0: think there's a... Same thing with the guy from uh, North North Carolina uh, State, NC State.
1: Oh, man. Iquanu? Yeah. Iquanu or something like that? Yeah. Man. Too, too many names in one video, but yeah, I, I think that at the top of this draft, there is some really good offensive line, but I think that people expect it to sustain maybe a little bit longer than I do. Um, but that being said, you know, certainly by the time the Bears are still picking, there's going to be some, some definitely improvement uh, players and, you know, very high-quality players still available at that point. For sure.
0: All right, man. Well, uh, I think that's about it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll have our final mock draft in our episode next week um, where we really kind of buckle down. Hopefully, there's a lot of excitement around the draft. I love watching the draft, man. I don't watch the draft for any other sport, but for the NFL, it's just different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no way. You wouldn't catch me. I mean, like maybe the first couple of picks of an NBA draft here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the NFL draft man I can even pop on day 3 and you know maybe it's not going to keep my focus the whole time but I mean I'm still going to be watching it following it um but yeah days 1 and 2 of the NFL draft I mean I watch day 3 every time almost uh, that's what I do too but like at some point when we get into like the doldrums of 6th round like yeah, I'm going to be on my like phone it's like the middle bit, of the d- it's
0: in the middle of the day yeah I don't yeah good point um and there's always
1: in on day
0: three, there's also a lot of players that you don't even think would be drafted that get drafted. Yeah. Like Joel E.A. Buniwe, which, as someone who was filing the draft very close last year when he was drafted, I was like, who is this? I've never even heard of this guy's name. Um, but
1: yeah. But yeah, man, day one will have me watching that clock. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how glued you, I will be to the you,
0: screen. You bet now, day one, end of the first round, you think the Bears trade up? No. Yeah. I'm I'm betting that too. No. No. All right, man. But thanks thank you guys so much for joining us. Please leave us a rating review on the bottom, bottom of Apple podcast uh and bear down.
1: Bear down.